0: Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. I'm reading from the New International Version of the Bible, the Gospel of John, chapter 20. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one that Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over And looked in, at the strips of linen laying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him, and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen laying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first went inside also. He saw and believed." They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't recognize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking that he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord, she said, and she told them that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them. He said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Ghost. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. I love John's account of the empty tomb. I love John's account of the details of the encounter that Jesus had with Mary Magdalene. It's not mentioned in the other Gospels to this depth, and to me it's so profoundly pregnant With the love of God, the concern for just one person, he had such a love for Mary Magdalene and such a concern for her that he, in my opinion, interrupted the protocol of heaven in applying his own blood to the mercy seat of heaven and took time out to talk to her and comfort her as she was mourning the loss and the death of Jesus. We read in verse 1, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. And so she was devastated. She thought that somebody had taken the body of Jesus. She didn't realize yet that he had been risen from the dead. She went back and told the other disciples that his body was missing. And Peter, and we believe John was the second disciple, came back to examine the tomb to see if they could find the body of Jesus. And of course, they were finding an empty tomb just as she had. But she stood outside the tomb crying while Peter and John were inside the tomb examining the scene. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels dressed in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And the angels asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Now, they, they might have been genuinely perplexed because they were aware that Jesus was alive, and obviously Mary Magdalene and the disciples were not yet aware of it. And so she responded to them, "'They've taken my Lord away, and I don't know where they've put him.'" At this very moment, she turned around, and Jesus was standing there, but she was so upset she was crying and weeping and so forth, she didn't realize it was Jesus. And he asked her, "'Woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for?' And the Bible records in John, it's interesting, thinking that he was the gardener. She responded and and thought that the gardener perhaps had taken the body of Jesus. And she said, "Sir, if you've carried his body away, tell me where you've put him, and I'll go and get him." Jesus said to her, "Mary," and at that moment she recognized him for who he was. She turned and cried out in Aramaic, "Rabboni," which means teacher. It's a term of endearment for teacher, and Jesus. At that point, cautioned her, don't hold on to me, for I've not yet ascended to the Father. Now, now think about this for a moment. He had been crucified and shed his blood for the sins of mankind three days earlier. He had been dead, prepared for burial, buried in the grave for three days. And now this was very early on the first day of the week after three days. He had just been raised from the dead. And so the plan of heaven was that he would ascend to the Father in victory after his resurrection, I believe to apply his own blood to the mercy seat of heaven. But that hadn't happened yet. Jesus stopped the entire process of the redemption of mankind to reach out to hurting Mary Magdalene in the garden area outside of his own tomb to comfort her and say, "'Mary, it's okay. I'm here. I'm alive.'" Now, I don't know what that says to you, my friend, but it says to me that he's a caring God. He's not a distant Savior that did all of these things in some kind of sanitary, clinical, analytical way. For him, it was about humanity, one individual at a time. And so as he reached out to comfort Mary Magdalene, in some way he was reaching out his arms of love to everybody who would follow her. Every disciple that would seek the risen Lord Jesus Christ and find him would find those arms of compassion and hear that voice that spoke to her that day. Mary, maybe he's speaking your name today, friends. But Jesus continued to appear to his disciples on the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were gathered together, The Bible says that the doors were locked because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. They thought everything was lost. Their Messiah, the one that they thought was the Son of God, the one they thought was coming to lead them to uh, the victorious Messianic kingdom, had been crucified and buried. But suddenly he appeared behind locked doors. Now, what did he say? He said, peace be with you. What an interesting thing to say. Obviously, it was not a peaceful time with Jesus uh, having just been executed. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw that Jesus was alive. I'm sure they were amazed that he was standing there in his body raised from the dead. He was not standing there as a spirit. He was standing there with his own natural body that had been executed, now raised from the dead. He even had the the wounds in his hands and his side exposed where they could examine them. And so Thomas, for some reason, was not there that day. And Thomas reported to the other disciples that he wouldn't believe it unless Jesus appeared to him personally, and he was able to touch his wounds. And so a week later, Jesus did appear once again, and Thomas was there. Verse 28, Thomas said to Jesus, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you've seen me, you've now believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Friends, that's you and me. We've never seen Jesus in his resurrected body. We've never put our hands into the wounds in his hands and the wounds in his side. And yet we've believed. Jesus said people like you and me are more blessed than Thomas, because we've believed and not seen. Thomas had to see to believe, but you and I have believed by faith. It's a great blessing. John goes on to give his purpose in writing his gospel in this same chapter. He says, verse 30, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written down so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That was his purpose. That's why the Holy Spirit inspired John to write down his account, so that they would be testifying that Jesus is the Messiah and the Son of God, that you and I, by faith, might believe in his name, that we would believe that he's the Son of God, sacrificed for our sins and raised from the dead, living now eternally victorious over death and the grave, victorious over my sins and yours, not over his own because he was sinless. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your love and concern for Mary Magdalene. We thank you for your love and concern for each of us. Lord, I pray that your love would be felt by all of those listening this day. Lord, speak to each one. Say once again, peace be with you and breathe on us, Lord. We love you. Amen.